Welcome to the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Dumas, Texas, featuring biblical teaching and preaching from God's inspired, inerrant, and infallible Word. If you live in the Panhandle area and are looking for a church home, we'd love to see you at First Baptist Church. We meet every Lord's Day for Sunday school at 9 a.m. and morning worship at 10.30 a.m. We also have midweek discipleship opportunities for all ages on Wednesdays. For more information, visit us at fbcdumastx.com. That's fbcdumastx.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Now open your Bible as we explore God's Word together. Thank you for joining us tonight for our Christmas Eve service, and I know that Christmas and Christmas Eve bring mixed emotions for everybody, and that's one of those things that most of us take for granted, the joy and the warmth and the light of Christmas, but for many, this is maybe the first Christmas without a loved one, a parent, a child, a sibling, an aunt, an uncle, a friend, and that song resonates, I think, with so many of us, that there is glory and there's light and there's joy. And that's good news for those of us for whom all is bright and and well tonight, but for those for whom it is not, the glory and the light shine still the same, glory in the darkest place. I love Christmas Eve because there is a quiet in Christmas Eve that, that could be mistaken for solemnity, a sort of hush, a quiet that may make us feel uneasy, unseasonable. Here at what we call this most joyous, wonderful time of the year, after three months of holidays and events and parties and testing and programs and sports and everything else, it just all kind of falls off and it may feel too quiet. But we shouldn't mistake the holy hush of this season for inactivity or perceive the silence of tonight as anticlimactic, unexciting. There's some sort of disappointing finale to the most wonderful time of the year. This quiet that we know tonight, this hush that is even over this building, is one of anticipation. It's the silence of expectation and longing. The children in the room tonight, longing for Christmas morning. Parents tonight, perhaps, longing to be done with it all. All the uh, duties. Longing for rest, for peace, for some time off. There's also a holiness in the quiet of tonight that brings calm to the hurried restlessness of this part of the year. Everything is done and there's this brief break and then there's quiet when you get to sit back just for a moment and to reflect and to remember and maybe even just for this moment, everything is okay. But maybe these last few months, these weeks, days, maybe this year has not been okay. Maybe perhaps there's been a new bad diagnosis in your life or in the life of a loved one. Unexpected tragedies, medical conditions, financial struggles, family problems, problem with parents, problem with children, problems with school, problems at work. Maybe the quiet and the hush of this night, this time, only brings back painful memories, anxiety or depression. And for all you're trying, this season just simply isn't for you. Wherever you are tonight and whatever comes into your life this year, 
I want to invite you this Christmas Eve to notice the quiet and the stillness and for whatever comes into your mind in this moment to sense the anticipation and expectation not simply of Christmas morning and presents and food and family but as believers tonight, if you are a believer, to know the anticipation and the expectation that this night truly echoes. That the darkness will not last forever and that joy comes in the morning. This is why we light candles throughout the season of Advent, one per week leading up to the Christ candle tonight, to remind us that even as we remember and celebrate Jesus' first Advent, his first coming, we are yet waiting for him to come again in his second Advent. And that as we wait, no matter the pain and the suffering and the struggling we face this season, we wait with certainty knowing that everything is okay. Not as a way of blindly overlooking the pain. I'm not asking you to do that tonight. I'm not asking you to turn a blind eye to the darkness of this world or in your life. No, acknowledge it. Acknowledge it fully. But remind yourself that this is not all there is. And that one day the light will overcome the darkness once for all. And all will be joy forever. There in that quiet stillness ripe with anticipation and expectation, we can say tonight, it's okay to say, it's going to be okay. In the Old Testament book of 2 Kings, there's the story of a woman in the land of Shunem. She's a wealthy woman, and she builds an entire room onto her house to take care of the prophet, the man of God, Elisha. And in response to her kindness, Elisha asks her, what can I do for you? Can I put in a good word for you to the king? Can I put in a good word for you to the captain of the army? She doesn't want for anything. She doesn't want to move. She's happy where she is. She doesn't want a a commendation or a promotion. But Elijah's servant, Gehazi, tells Elisha, Elisha, this woman has no son and her husband is old. And Elisha makes a promise in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 16. Elisha says, at this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. Now, if you know your Bibles, we've been here and we've done this before, haven't we? A couple unable to conceive, a barren womb, and a word from God that promises a son. Followed by unbelief and questioning. But then in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 17, the very next verse, the woman conceived and bore a son. Now, I could stop there and make my correlation to Christmas, uh, neat and tidy, the promise of a son, the giving of a son, promise made, promise fulfilled, all is merry and bright. But the story of this Shunammite woman does not end there. We don't know what, but something happens to the child. He goes to his father in verse 19, and all we know is the text says, my head, my head. And the father sends word to his mother and sends the son to his mother. The servants carry the son to the mother. And then on her lap, in the middle of this story of joy and triumph and miracles, the child dies. And amidst this otherwise normal, very familiar Bible story, the Lord miraculously giving a child, a son, there's a break. Something interrupts the flow. We have a promise made, a promise fulfilled, and now it seems we have a promise broken, a promise lost. The Shunammite woman rushes to saddle a donkey so that she can go visit the prophet Elisha. And the text doesn't tell us her motive. Was was she angry? 
Was she embittered by the tragedy behind this whole promise? And she told the prophet earlier when he told her, you shall bear a son, she, she told him, don't lie to me. Don't deceive me. Don't lead me on. Maybe she feels that now. And as she prepares to go, her husband asks why she needs to go see the man of God so urgently. Why the rush? Why the hurry? And her response is short, perhaps a little terse, perhaps a little confusing. She simply says, all is well. Again, as she comes near to the prophet, he sees her afar off and sends his servant Gehazi to greet her. And the servant asks, is all well with you? Is all well with your husband? Is all well with your child? And again, oddly, on the verge of a complete breakdown, she replies, all is well. Now, was the woman simply trying to brush off her husband, brush off the servant and just get to the prophet? Maybe. Was she just trying to get her problem solved as soon as possible? Maybe. Was she angry? Was she responding hurriedly with anxiety and stress? Maybe. Was she at a complete loss? And this is all she could think to say in that moment, all is well? Maybe. There's no textual evidence to give us the motive for the woman, nothing that hints at her mindset, her true thoughts. All we know is in this moment she needed to hear from God. No other voices, no other opinions were necessary. She comes to the prophet, it says in verse 27, in bitter distress. And she reminds the prophet, I told you not to deceive me. I told you not to lead me on like this. You promised a child. All my hope was in this promise. We saw a miracle and now it's all gone. He's dead. And yet for all the confusion and all the disillusionment, there she was all the while... For whatever her thoughts truly were, all is well. All is well. In all the death and the darkness of this moment, here is a prophetic, if not painful, confession. All is well. She didn't know what would happen next. Seems like Elisha didn't really know either. Elisha says, is this it, God? You give her a son just to let him die? What kind of promise is this? And the prophet sends his servant Gehazi back to the child with his staff, puts the staff on the child's face, nothing. But then there's something. The prophet himself goes to the lifeless body of the boy and stretches himself over the cold corpse. And the text says that his flesh became warm, but nothing more. So Elisha gets up and walks around the house, praying to the Lord, before going back in and doing the same thing one more time, stretching himself over the boy, praying, grasping, hoping with everything, and then there's life. I love that the first sign of life in this child, according to the text, is that he sneezes seven times, and then he opens his eyes. And there is the promise of God once more living and breathing, hope restored, faith restored, life restored. All is well. Maybe you know the pain of that woman tonight. Maybe you've experienced that quite literally in the loss of a child or another loved one. Maybe recently. 
Maybe this is the first Christmas since there's that loss. There's some other pain in your life. Maybe there's a trial, some other problem that for all the lights and joy of the season makes the hush and the quiet of Christmas Eve all the more painful. Maybe you would confess with the last ounce of faith you have left in your heart tonight, all is well, but your heart isn't in it. You sing, you pray, you listen, and you believe, but it's hard. Nothing seems to be well about any of it at all. Maybe you're here tonight in your sins, and you've never trusted the gospel You know the stories of Christmas and Easter and the cross and the manger. and You know all the important stuff, but you've never made it yours by faith in Christ. You're not following him by faith. You have no real personal understanding of what Christmas is all about. You sing, let every heart prepare him room, but there's no room in your heart for Jesus. In this obscure story from the Old Testament, we see a woman made a seemingly impossible promise from God himself. You will conceive and bear a son. We see it come to pass. The woman conceived and bore a son. We see it all shattered as the child dies. Then, in the bleak, cold darkness of death, we see the life as this son is raised to life again. And we hear the refrain of the Shunammite woman, confused, broken, falling apart, all is well. And you say, and I was a great story, Pastor. This has really been an interesting time for Christmas, but it's not the Christmas story. And I would reply, isn't it? Cold, dark, dead, a world, lives ruined by sin and the fall. And then a seemingly impossible promise made to a young woman you will conceive and bear a son. And then against everything, it happens. She conceived and bore a son. Do you see the promise born that night and all of the glory and all the angels and the shepherds and the wise men? Do you see it all shattered as this son dies, hung upon a cross alone, naked and bloody? Do you see the bleak, cold darkness of death over this promised son? But then do you see life as this son is raised to life again. Brothers and sisters, friends, this is the Christmas story because this is the gospel story. A promise, a son, a miraculous birth, a heartbreaking death, and a victorious resurrection. The Shunammite woman didn't know all that. She didn't even know what was happening right then in the moment with her dead son, but she confessed, knowingly or not, all is well. We know the story. We know what this is all about. We have the promise. We know who the son is. We know his birth, his life, his death, his burial. We know his resurrection. How much more can we confess on this side of the cross in all of life's mess and all of life's pain and all the brokenness and all the loss and all the confusion and all the sin All is well. In the holy hush of this night, in all the light and joy tomorrow, we Christians have every reason to revel, to celebrate, 
to eat and drink and be merry because no matter the darkness that surrounds us every day, John 1 verse 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And because of that promise, because of that son, Jesus Christ, we can say all is well. Is that true for you tonight? I'm not asking about your circumstances. I'm not asking about your pain, the changes in your life this year, the confusion, the loss, the suffering. I'm not asking about those things. I'm asking about your Savior and the truth of this gospel. Quote, that nothing shall be able to separate, as Paul says, from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And on that solid rock, can you say, in the midst of it all, all is well. Perhaps tonight you don't know Jesus. Or maybe tonight you're far from him. You're here with family and friends. You've been invited. It's a Christmas service after all. But there's no real relationship between you and this son, Jesus, born for you in a manger to die for you on the cross. The good news that is this good news is still for you. And it is for you tonight. If you will trust him, if you will turn away from yourself and your sin and turn to him in faith, the promise of the gospel is that he will receive you and you can know that it is well with your soul. Believers tonight, this is the good news of Christmas. A son was given. He was given to die and he died to rise again. And on this night, because of this sun, darkness fell into the dawn of love's light. I think it's so wonderful that when this woman confesses all is well, it's three words in English, but it's only one word in Hebrew. Shalom. Peace. Peace, completeness, wholeness. I ask you, do you know that completeness and that wholeness, that peace and that shalom in the Lord Jesus Christ tonight? And if you do, rejoice with all your might this Christmas Eve. And if you don't, there's still time. He will have you. Come to him. Our Lord and our Savior, we thank you that in your birth, And in your life and your death and your resurrection, we can know that all is well with our souls. Not just tonight or this Christmas season, but in all of life, for the rest of time and all eternity. God, we thank you for the good news of Jesus Christ that speaks life and light where there is nothing but death and darkness. God, we thank you for the promise that the light has overcome the darkness and the darkness will never overcome the light. God, we thank you that in the word made flesh, the Lord Jesus Christ, we see you. We see you perfectly revealed in him. And so God, for believers tonight, I ask that you would fill us with a sense of peace and wholeness and completion in him, no matter the trials of our life right now. And for unbelievers tonight, God, let tonight, let this Christmas season be the moment, the time when they place their faith and trust in Jesus and begin to follow him as their Lord and Savior. 
God, we plead with you to grant that tonight, even to some in this room. Help us to know, believers and unbelievers alike, that in Jesus Christ, all is well. Thanks for listening. For more information about what it means to follow Jesus as Lord, you can email us at fbcdumas at hotmail.com. It's fbcdumas at hotmail.com. You can also reach us by phone at 806-935-5604. We'll see you next time.